is Peek Inside the Panic Room, where we explore our passions with zero limits, mixed with the occasional bit of chaos. You don't have to be famous to have a story to tell. So strap yourself in and enjoy the ride. Here we are again, another episode of Peek Inside the Panic Room. And the the little run we've got going of, of brilliant women in business is going to continue today. We've got uh, Rebecca Moore. How are you today? I'm good. I'm a, like, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm good. It's been um busy last few weeks, but that's okay. Yeah. Everyone is a little bit... So this is your first podcast? Yes. Okay. Now, you've just started a charity, Noku uh, Liwa. Yep. Uh, Helping out uh, people in Fiji, yeah, essentially. That's that's definitely where we're headed. Um, so we, I went to Fiji ten years ago, and it was pretty evident that you know they don't have a lot. In some villages, they don't have power, they don't have running water. So anything you do take to donate, they were very you know grateful for. And then I wanted my children to see what it was like over there, especially because they live in a little bubble on the Gold Coast, right? They have everything at their fingertips. I'm mum, I love them, I try to give them everything I can. But at the same time, it's it's really important for me that they learn what the rest of the world is like. So we went back in February. We filled up like two out of the three suitcases we had with stationery and toys and a few lollies. Um, and we went over with the purpose to go and, you know, go and help people and experience the culture because you can get sort of lost inside the resorts, especially when they look after you so well. They're so hospitable and so beautiful as a culture. Um, so yeah, so that's what we did, Fiji, and um, yeah. and got to see a few different things. Yeah, I'm, I I had a similar experience. We went to Fiji. I, I, I've got to say, probably, oh gosh, maybe maybe ten years ago, mm. uh, we went we went to one of the islands, and uh, and but we also stayed in at uh, Denarau. In in there in the hotel strip yep. for a bit, and when we were there, we went. Um, we got a we got organised a bus or like a van and and went out to see one of the villages and mm. schools and that kind of stuff. And we did the same thing. We we bought a whole heap of stuff and and went around and, and handed it out. And it was really powerful. And I think for for me for my son who was probably six, uh, so six or seven at the time, it was we had exactly the same thing. You you live in such a insulated. Uh, world where you get everything you want. Mm. You wake up in the morning. What's for breakfast? You know, coffee. Yeah, you, you get lunch packed for you. You, you know, you know you're going to be fed every day. Mm. You don't have to want for anything. And they just need to see that other side where, you know, where life can be a grind. And he he took a lot out of that visit. It's and that's important. You know, for the next generation, it's important and it needs to be powerful so they understand that where they live, it's not normality in the sense in comparison to the rest of the world sometimes. So, you know, we took the stationary bags and I said to the lady at the counter when we got to our resort, you know, can we take the stationery somewhere? And she said, yes, if you'd like to come to my village, you know, that would be great. Sometimes with the resorts they have their affiliated villages and that village would be considered quite rich because they get a lot of um, donations from directly from the resort and some guests. So we went, um, jumped in a... A random, I guess you would call it a cab or someone's car, and he took us down to their village. Um, and next minute, we were tracking through the grass, and my kids were looking at me sideways, like, "Oh, what's going on here, Mum?" 
And then we were invited into her house and um, we basically you know, opened up the suitcases and most of the children were away at school, but there were a couple of kids running around. Her three-year-old was very memorable. He was absolutely gorgeous. And we started, you know, giving out the stationery because they were putting the packs together to disperse it evenly amongst the village, which was beautiful. I had a bag of lollies and they knew what lollies were. <laughs> it was of course so they did. funny. So one took the lollies and he ran off and then he found his mate. And then his mate comes running back drops a lolly on the ground, walks up to me, shoves the lolly in my mouth. And I was like, mm, 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 <laughs> Thanks yummy. for that. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I could see the gesture behind it. So, yeah, I was eating yeah. the dirty lolly, yeah. which is yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, then we went down to the kindergarten and the kids were so excited. You know, someone knew and they're a bit, you know, they're a bit rough, a bit boisterous, some of the boys, and they sang us um, – some nursery rhymes and a few cultural songs. My daughter's got ASD, so like loud noises are a bit much for her. And they were getting quite close and quite loud, and she was sort of back, backing up on the thing. It was hilarious. It was really funny, actually. Yeah. So that's sort of the nicest stories. Um, but we had a couple of really profound, sad stories, which is what started my idea for the charity. Um, and that was, we went over to the eco park. It's awesome. It's got like a slide, they've got feed the turtles and there's lizards. Um, and I was very mindful throughout the whole trip to tip, cash tip, because I knew that at least then they could take that home to their families. Um, and the gentleman was manning the slide from a safety perspective and my children were, you know, blissfully running up and down the stairs, going down the slide over and over again. And I could see, you know, he, he was not vacant, but sort of, you know, I could see he was sad. And I was sitting next to him and whilst they were running up and down and I was just sitting on the handrail and he said to me that he went to a funeral a day prior. Um, and, you know, I, I like to ask a lot of questions because I like to learn. Um, and I, I, you know, I... I asked him to tell me about it. Uh, it was a little boy, his neighbour's son. Um, the boy had what they thought was a cold. Um, the mum couldn't go take him to the doctors and because I think they have free doctors, but if you want to get in, you need to go to a paid doctor, which is $35 Fiji in um, for 15 minutes. But the workers in all of the resorts in Fiji get paid $4 Fiji in an hour. So she made the decision, you know, understandably, he's got a cold, I can't leave work, I have to keep working. Unfortunately, um, he started to get a swollen eye and the mum decided, okay, get him to the doctors. She got him to the doctors, the doctors referred him to hospital and the hospital said there's nothing we can do. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this child that passed away a day prior and I just, I don't, I, you know, that wouldn't happen in our world. And I started to look into the statistics of Fiji based on the Fijian Bureau of Statistics. 60% of the deaths over there are avoidable, and most of them are children under the age of five. So this is, wow. remember, this is registered births as well. So there's not all registered births. No, of births. course not. Um, I just couldn't, you know, imagine if that happened here. We, you know, it's just... It's absolutely not right. And then, you know, we go over there, we have a beautiful holiday. Again, like I said, they're super hospitable. 
They look after our children. They smile. They don't resent us for $4 an hour. And then they go home and they can't even take their kids to the doctors to get help or they can't even get the right medical support. And, um, you know, that just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. So I was just saying to a co-worker before, you know, I read a good meme the other day, good old memes, and it was a billion people said, what can I do? So imagine if everybody just did a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so basically the charity is um, going to provide remote medical services um, on a routine basis once a month. So we'll hire a nurse, pay for a car, um, give her first aid supplies, bottles of water and backpacks with stationery so she can go around the remote villages on a monthly cycle. Um, to do checkups and see what needs to be done, and if there's certain situations where they need help sooner, then you know, we can try and fundraise around that as well. Okay, so it's it takes a special person to commit the time to to start a charity, and yeah, you know, there must have it must have been a journey for you to get to where you are today, because people just just decide, well, I'm just going to start a charity. I can tell by your uh, accent that you are a Gold Coast local. Oh, right? New Zealand Yeah, they're New Zealander. Yeah. So you're a Gold Coast local. Yeah. So uh, you're a single mum. Yeah. Right? That's the toughest job in the world. How do you how do you get to this point? Is it just you go, I've, I've had enough, it's time for me to give back? Uh, I'm not doing good enough, to be honest with you, in yeah. terms of the charity. I'm, I'm not doing good enough. I would have liked to have raised, because we needed the $20,000, capital to be able to go over and buy the car you know there's political overlays and you have to be respectful of chiefs in the villages make sure they're comfortable with it um so you know i've fundraised six thousand dollars so far twenty thousand is the goal to be able to get started properly um and so in my mind i don't feel like i'm doing good enough um is it just you at this stage yeah i mean we've got a couple of people from the networking team who are going to help me with events, which is really nice because I'm not an events person. I'm also not very good at the photos and the media stuff, and I'm very conscientious not to exploit anyone as well. Yeah. Um, but well, I think you need to, you need to turn that off straight away. Yeah. So I think that's that's probably the biggest barrier for all charities being afraid to ask. Yeah. Right, and I think that if we don't ask, and you, if we don't ask, we don't get. And I think there's yeah. a stigma around the charities mm, that, mm. that you – I think that the people that are honest about it, mm. they get stuck in that by going, well, yeah, uh, I can't I, – I don't want to ask. Whereas yeah. – and we were talking off air about the stigma around charities and how difficult that is to overcome. Well, the thing is, I mean, in all honesty, I don't want to say most charities, but a lot of charities are doing the wrong thing. Yeah. When you, we're lucky in Australia, we have the ACNC website. There, any chari- registered charity out there in Australia is listed on this website. You can go in and look at all of their financial records. And all of their financial records will show to you exactly how much they're spending on contractors, exactly how much their director gets paid. I mean, there's a standard online where it says charities' overheads should be no more than 30%. It depends on the type of charity, but typically. Yeah. I, with our charity, because I am aware of the stigma and because like, I actually genuinely want every single dollar to go back to them, the only things that we're paying for are things like accountants because that has to be done. They have some strict record-keeping around that. Um, and otherwise, everything goes back to the charity. 
I'm so, not, I will not be taking any salary. And how did I get to that point? I had a very hard upbringing and um, I just, I always knew, honestly, if anyone's read The Alchemist before, I know my life purpose and it is to, is to help people. And yeah. I'm, this is a start. So you say you'll never draw a salary, which is, which is cool. You are working though, right? Yeah, I work yeah. full time. You work full time. Um, I manage a shopping centre. Yep. A smaller one, which I love. All of the tenants are amazing. I'm hearing it's 19th Avenue. Yeah, yeah. That's 19th my local. Avenue. Yeah, it's great, yeah. isn't it? I love it. Yeah. Oh, don't. Oh, you know. Oh, don't. Yeah. My fruit shop. He had over 300,000 views of his location last month. Really? Yeah. He's that popular. The organic guy. Um, firm and fresh. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He's amazing. Yeah. He loves his bananas. He does. Yeah. <laughs> but. So, yes, I work, um, but I also, over the last four years, I really knuckled down. So I spent two years during COVID reading books and collecting weird stuff, as we've spoken about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have started to build an investment portfolio. Um, now, I, I started with um, my primary place of residence and I used $20,000 to buy my first investment property um, and I kept building from there. So now... I'm actually settling on my fifth one tomorrow and my sixth one on the 30th of November. Holy shit. Yeah. So, but I, but I like, it's... it's is, that, is that scary? I've learned to trust my own decisions. Okay, you're perfect. Initially, yes, you shit yourself. Sorry. No, go for it. Like, um, because you're like, oh my God, what if this doesn't work? What if I fail? Um, but, you know, I've really been lucky and... I don't look at my houses. Yes, they're investments, but I I love all of the tenants too. Like, I'll go up for one house. I go up there. There's kids living in there because they couldn't find anywhere else to live, and even a sixteen year old. So you know, I bought her a bed. She didn't have a bed and whatnot. But um, I go up and we hang out and I get them pizzas and you know they're just really good kids. I try to look after all of the tenants as well. You know. Yeah. It's funny, you said there, like, what if I fail? Do you know a question that not many people ask themselves is, what if I succeed? Yeah, I know, because we're... we're we, are, we are actually educated yeah. to fail. Well, <laughs> you know, we, we're our own worst enemies when it comes to criticism. Um, and I think we put so much pressure on ourselves, we scare ourselves out of making choices to take action. Um, and I had done the same, but I'd read so many damn books during COVID on mortgage broking, which let me tell you, it was amazing. Um, zero to a hundred properties in two years. I read every book on property investing I could get my hands on. And I thought to myself, well, if I don't get it right from learning over the last two years, something's wrong. So I just took the leap and, um, yeah, I continued to. So this, for me, building my little, you know, empire, I guess, it's purely so I can have more time to help people. Yeah. And honestly, it's for my children, so my children help people. My 16-year-old boy, you know, he's a teenager, so I'm still chipping away at him. But, um, mm. you know, I just want my kids to be happy and help people because they're, they're in the future, right? So your 16-year-old boy, I've got a 17-year-old. Yeah. They're a real pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he's super selfish. Yeah, yeah. Like it's inc like it blows me away how difficult it is. And I even think back, like I'm I'm older than you, so I'm forty eight. My son's seventeen, and 
I think back to when I was 17, and we always think back, oh, it was different back in the day. Oh, and yeah. But it truly was. Like, And I get that we don't have – like when I was 17, we didn't have all the, uh, all the things that were, I guess, taking our time, mm. mobile phones and the internet and all this kind of stuff. Well, we did have the internet, but only a very sl- small part of it. Yeah, you know, we didn't have all these all the white noise around us to take our focus away, mm. and they just he's I love him, yeah, yeah, but geez, he's freaking selfish. Well, uh, yeah, look, hundred percent. But I I was a very different teenager. I left home when I was thirteen, so you know I had lots of resentment and became quite rebellious and whatnot. I got it together when I fell pregnant at twenty, which is my sixteen year old. Now you all know my age. Um, <laughs> But look, there's, it's like this at the moment, hormones, right? Yeah. But last night, because I got him an electric scooter for Christmas because he needs to get to the gym. He needs to, how privileged is that? And he needs to get to work. He's been working at his job for two years, so I'm super proud of that. But he came home last night and every night he comes home, I'm asleep on the couch waiting for him. And he, he puts me to bed every night. But last night, I remember him saying to me, Mum, I love you so much. He's like, you, you, you just, you always look after me, and like, that's just those little moments, those brief moments of compliments, or those brief moments of a hug before I go to bed, that I just hold on to, and I just try to maximize the good moments. And there's bad moments. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Some days, some days, I'm like, could you just help me? Or I'll get home, and he's left rubbish in my bed. I'm yeah. like, what? Why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, but they, they just don't think. I think it's they just don't think. <laughs> yeah. Last night, look, we, my wife and I were sitting on the lounge and we were watching an episode of Yellowstone. Yeah. Having some mum and dad time. Nice. Which doesn't happen very often. You have to make it though. We do. Yeah. So um, this week we decided no, we're taking it back because I've got a seven-year-old. Uh, not seven. I've got a nine-year-old daughter. She's be ten in. Oh. She'll be ten in two weeks. So and she's beautiful, but she's now started to drift away from the mum and dad cocoon yeah. and she's starting to find some independence. So she was up in a room doing whatever. It was terrible whatever she was doing. It was loud and it was music. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Just ignore it. So we needed yeah. to find something to do. So well, well let's rediscover uh, Yellowstone and we'll get, we still got this one season to go. So Luke had been to footy training uh, and he had come home and he went and got dinner and he sat down in the lounge room with us. And we're like, oh, this is nice. And he's sort of having a chat, picking the worst time when we're trying to watch something. But we thought, well, on we need phone. to. Loud? He was on his phone. Yeah. He's loud. He's yeah. a pain in the ass. And, but he, he, he then ate his, ate his dinner yeah. and he got up and just left the room and left the plate mm. and left rubbish mm. and left uh, a drink bottle mm. in the middle of the floor. Mm. And Megan looked at me. I looked at her and I go, do you think he's just forgotten? <laughs> and then he's gone and had a shower. Yeah, an hour so fifth, shower. Well, he did, no, hour? well, it was only short. I think he, <laughs> he, he might have had the hour shower earlier in the yeah. day, right? <laughs> yeah. He didn't need the hour. Right. right? This is only short. So um, yeah, every every parent of a teenage boy knows about the long shower. Uh, and I'm like, mate, I was a teenage boy too. I know you're not cleaning anything. Yeah. Right? I know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I know what know. he's doing. I know what he's doing. And... It may look like he's cleaning, but he's not. Um, Stop, please. So, so uh, he, he, he came back down into the lounge room and then he goes, oh, I didn't realise I left that stuff there. <laughs> I'm like, right. Okay, so he picked it up and then he went and just put it on the bench. Yeah. I'm like, put it away, put it in the 
dishwasher mate. Yeah, or take scrape the food oh, off. Oh like, my god. Yeah. So No, I'm going through the same thing. So I have been trying to take a different approach over the last few months and it it works, but then obviously sometimes it builds up to the point where I I snap and I'm like, I'm I'm working, you need to be picking this up. And it oh, he rolls his eyes. But I've sort of I just tell him I love him. You know, I've started telling him I love him a lot more and hope that that resonates subconsciously yeah. and better behaviour comes out of it. And I, I try not to sweat the small stuff unless it compounds um, because, like, again, I think about other people and other children. And honestly, I'm too tired to have a household that's arguing all the time. I just want us to live in peace. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to do nothing and just go, you know what, I'm going to let that one yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he he turned seventeen. He got his peas. Ooh. He inherited my car. So this he's had a rails run, and you know at the time he was about to get his peas, we decided that Megan needed a new car. So she got a new car for work. I inherited her old car. He inherited my old sort of piece of nice. junk that I've been driving for yeah. six or seven years. I drive a shitbox. It's it's an old car. It was I think it's two thousand and eight, two thousand eight or two thousand six Mazda six. Still goes really well. Mine's a 2010 Mazda. Well, there we go. The air conditioning's broken. Okay. The water doesn't wind down. And I took the mirror off of my rubbish bin. So, <laughs> so, you'll understand this then. So, my air conditioning hadn't worked for six years. Yeah, see? Right? Oh, it's painful. For six years. Yeah. And so, it's getting to the hot time of the year. Yeah. And I just used to, wipe, like, push the window down and, yeah. oh, the natural air conditioning. And, and does I'd, everybody yell at you in yeah, the car? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, 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 but I lived with this for six years thinking, I'm not spending the money to get the air conditioning yeah, fixed. It'll be right. Yeah. He inherits my car. He drives it for one week and goes, oh, can we get this air conditioning fixed? (laughs) So then he goes, he he talks his grandparents into fixing the air conditioning. Oh, well played. So I'm like, well, okay. So then he gets his air conditioning fixed by his grandparents. So now he's got a car, which is, the, the, the our mechanic says, this car will drive forever. And it's in great condition. You've been sweating for right? six years. Yeah, and anyway, so I, I, <laughs> so he's got this great car with uh, with air conditioning that his grandparents have paid for the air conditioning. So then he decides he wants to get into golf. So then his grandfather's an avid golfer, so he goes, well, I'll, I'll get you a membership. Yeah. So he pays for a membership at Burley Golf Club, right? Yep. Which isn't a lot of money, like three or four hundred dollars. Yeah. Not a heap of money, but still now we're starting to add up. We've yeah. got like cost about eight hundred bucks to get the air conditioning fixed, four hundred bucks to get mm. this, plus all the other stuff. Last weekend, Luke was supposed to mow their lawn because they had friends coming over. Yeah. He forgot. Oh. He forgot. And he said to me and I said, mate, were you supposed to mow your pop's lawn today? <laughs> he goes, Yeah, I forgot. I go, okay. They're so nonchalant about it. I go, it I go, that's not an excuse. Yeah. Right? I forgot mm. is not an excuse. It's, oh, well, oh, I forgot. I go, mate, okay, sit down. We need to have a talk. Yeah. Your pop did A, B, C, mm. and you've just forgotten to go with Moe's lawn. I go, it doesn't, it, that's not working in my eyes. I have similar things at home too with my son. So, like, my grandfather left him with. Um, a little inheritance recently. He left us all with a little, you know, no, I'm not talking sizable, just a small one, but still very kind. Um, he hasn't passed away. It was just a pre, an early one. Yeah. And I'm like, granddad's in hospital. You need to give him a call. Oh, I'll do it later. Everything's, I'll do it later. And that drives me nuts. But again, I just, I just try to have patience. But it was really good in Fiji, actually, because we took the same lady who invited us to a village. I said, come for dinner with us at the Crab Shack, which is next door. 
Um, and she had a chicken burger, she, which she took a photo of to send it to her husband. It was a little <laughs> flex, which was beautiful. But my son sat next to her and he started asking questions. Um, he's like, oh, mum saves for me for when I leave school. She goes, oh, we can't do that. Like, we, by the time we pay school and there's just no money left. Mm. He's like, oh. And then she goes, yeah, if you were living here, she no no seeing any girls. They're, sep- they're made to stay separate. Um, and it's just study, go to school, go to church, study, work, and sleep. And he was blown away by that. But again, all really great exposure yeah, for him. Yeah, of course. Um, and he had a lot of understanding. I've since threatened to send him over there a few times back to her village because <laughs> she would have him. Yeah. Yeah, but so, yeah, it was just a very different eye-opening experience. Like all of the things we've just talked about for the last 10 minutes, how lucky are our kids? Absolutely. Yeah, they are very, very lucky. Let's let's go back to uh, the charity. You said that the charities, there's a common, I guess, thought process that 30% is the administration fee in terms of overheads for most charities. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. Now, look, I've been – I'm when I moved up here, a, a mate of mine who I had reconnected with, I hadn't seen for about 12, 15 years, he was running a charity up here. His son was very ill. His son is very ill. He hasn't. He's, he's still going. Uh, had Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and he was running a charity. and And I decided I'd help him because I was a bit of a stay at home dad because my wife came up with the job. So I was doing two days in the office helping him, nice. not really being paid. And you know, if 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 they got a little, if he got a little bit of money, he just flicked me something for yeah. for just for helping out. Yeah. And I go, okay, thanks, mate. Peek Inside the Panic Room is proudly sponsored by Straight Up Digital. If you're looking for an irreverent, no BS, results-focused digital marketing company on the Gold Coast, look for Straight Up Digital on all social platforms or at straightupdigital.com.au. Like the questions are always asked about you know how much are people being paid mm. where's the money going it's it's a constant stream and you and i think that and you said well i'll never draw a wage on the flip side of that i think Some that people have to. you i think you and i think that if you if you really want something to be a success from a charity perspective mm. you need to do it full time and you need to be compensated in order to do that now if if say for instance you were you were uh, raising a million dollars a year yeah right and you were paying yourself hundred thousand dollars to do that Mm. are people going to look at that the wrong way that's right because there's that fine line of if we want this to be super successful now there's a difference if you're turning over two three hundred thousand dollars and you're taking hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah questions have to be asked and that happens right and that does happen but I think, and so this was the the hurdle that I had a lot of the time with the charity. And as as he started to extricate himself, I became more involved, mm. and the, and I was like, the the word uh, legitimize I used a lot. Mm. Like I want to make this a, a proper yep. let's legitimize this thing because he we were giving a lot of money out, but there was no record of where that money was going or who it was going to and so this money was coming in mm. but we weren't really keeping the records of what was being done with it properly and I think that and so people would say well where's the money gone so then as we started mm. to earn it and then I started to line up we were going to look after this kid with this we're going to look after yeah. this kid with that and then we would photograph that and we would document wow. it and have all this so that we would then be able to go back and go this is, this is where the money's going yeah. right yeah. so I think that 
But for you, mm. like if you're going to be providing, uh, say, a car for nursing or, mm. you know, or, or packs for schools or, mm. you know, uh, maybe uh, food drops or something along the way, like that's stuff that you can, uh, you can, you can easily, you could sell that as a, as a package. as a package, yeah, and I think that's where I was getting to with with the charity that I was here on on the Gold Coast was that uh, we're going to sell a wheelchair, yeah, right, yeah, and it's a it's an electric wheelchair. It's going to cost twelve thousand dollars for this wheelchair for for Johnny, yeah, which he desperately needs. which he needs, and yeah. this is da da da, and then uh, we'd be out of function, mm. and we go, well, who's going to buy the wheelchair? Yeah, yeah. So for, I think from your perspective, you could very easily go, well, one nurse costs, and this is what. I think the Glenn McGrath Foundation does as well, where they go, well, one nurse costs X, mm, mm. right? So that might be $12,000. Yep. And then it's like, okay, so how are we going to get to $12,000? Yep. And then you could sell shares in that or however. So there's a lots of different ways to do it with the school packs. Like it might be, it's you know, and I'm now starting to ramble a bit. But, no, I love it. It's but good. I think that it's like I, I had this exact discussion with Josh from Marquis Flooring yep. um, at uh, Narang. Yep. So he uh, deals with a client of ours uh, and he has started up a, well, it's a charity as such, but it's called Build Cambodia. Mm. So what he did on his own, he went to Cambodia and built a house, Aww. right? Out of his own money, yep. his own thing. And, and it doesn't, he said, you'll be surprised what it costs. Yep. For the, for the, he, he even said, and um, we're actually with him this week, for the price of an iPhone, mm. you can build a house in Cambodia, right? So you look at you, he goes, every time I would look at my phone, mm. I would go, this isn't right, right? So what he's done is he's then, and then he even went even further. Like, so he then go and build the house. So he's now built 13 houses, oh right? Oh, my gosh. So then he's going, he goes now, he goes, well, what we do now is that we then go and we buy supplies. Mm. So we'll buy food or we'll buy stationery, all this kind of stuff. But what we do is we go to a local market yep. and we clean the market out. Yep. Because then we're helping the market. Yep. And then we're helping the people. That's smart. Right? That's a really and, good idea. Yeah, and so and I and, and I never thought of that. Because no. as he was saying it, I was like, Wow. Uh, that's clever. See, and that's the whole thing. Like, this is new for me with a charity. Yeah. I haven't done a charity before, so I do. I need a support network. And it's not, you know, I hate even saying I and me because it's actually not about me at all. Anyone that wants to help, I welcome because I'm like, there's enough we there's enough room for enough people to help so we can reach and help more people, for sure. right? And even with other charities, it would be great to connect with our other charities, which I'm working on, because then you can understand what they do. Yeah. And you can try to leverage off of each other and help each other. It's, you it's, know, it's there's funny. abundance. Uh, I, I, you've got to have an um, abundance mindset. Yep. You have to. And yep. I think that it, it's interesting because I've we've become quite close with another marketing company, mm. uh, Christy uh, Perrin, who was uh, – on the on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, and she's twenty five. She just won Young Businesswoman of the Year in the wow. Gold Coast. She's an entrepreneur at heart. She's a legend, really good, uh, really good young lady, like just a champion. Yeah. And we've started this to collaborate, and and to that doesn't happen. Yeah. Within an industry, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it's fight for your own turf. Yeah. But what we've said is that like we do here in our agency, we do stuff really well. Yeah. And there's stuff that you do really well that we don't do yeah. or we don't do well. Yeah. So we'll give you that stuff and the stuff that we do well that you don't do, you give us that stuff and we can look after each other. There's enough for everyone. And I think that it's the same in charities. Mm. And I think that, you know, there's over 50,000 registered charities in Australia, right? There's heaps. Yep. It's, cra it's crazy. But surprisingly, the, the, 
if done right, there's enough for everyone. Yep. And you said like a dollar. A dollar, if you got a dollar from every person on the Gold Coast, that's nearly a oh. million dollars, right? So it's 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 how do we get to that point? Awareness. There has to be awareness about it, around it. There has to be awareness and there has to be um, transparency in terms of the taboo discussions when yeah. it comes to finances. Um, and I think, you know, people, some people still go to church, which is great, and they pay tithings. I think if the awareness had changed to think maybe, oh, well, I just pay a dollar a week out of my income, which is a tax deduction for most registered charities anyway, um, and that goes to whichever charity yeah. would suit what you relate to the most. Yeah, It's like, a, a, again, abundance. It doesn't have to be Fiji. It doesn't have to be anything what? specific. It just has to resonate with you. But that conversation has to happen because we're not talking about it enough. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a socialist. Yeah, no, and I, I, I no, but I, I agree because no one asks where the money at the church is going, ever. And anyone outside the church can see where it's going. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, there's a good one in New Zealand like that. Right. So it's <laughs> an interesting – I had a dream – I had a dream project. I was talking with a mate of mine – it must have been at the back end of when I was with the charity about developing a, a, a like a, a, a business model, mm. but where you would get uh, maybe six to 10 charities. Yep. Right. You would approach them all and then you would build an app or build a program yep. that you would go to a company and you would say, let's say it's a, a company and they've got 50 employees on the Gold Coast. Yep. You go to them and you go, Hey guys, uh, phil- philanthropy, we've got 10 charities here. Yep. Out of everyone's pre-tax dollars, they can allocate $50 a month or $50 a week yep. out of their pre-tax dollars. It'll be divided amongst these 10 charities and this is where it's all going to go and you'll be able to look on the website and you'll be able to see the money that's being raised and how they're being involved with. We actually went down the, the path of actually starting to design it yeah. and then it became a little murky. Yeah. And so we didn't, but it's still something that's in the back of my mind to it's go. A great idea. Because, you know, and because before I had an idea when I was with the charity before, because, you know, you see now you go to Coles and you go to Woolies. Mm. Do you oh, want yeah. to round up? Yeah. Right? I had that idea about nine years ago before they were doing it yeah. and saying, approaching a local IGA and saying, we'll just take the roundup. Couple of cents. We'll just take the roundup of yep. every transaction. Yep. If they can choose to do it, they can choose not to. And we actually started that discussion as well. Yep. But it never went anywhere. Mm. Just that, getting the roundup, like getting that 20 cents, 5 cents, 3 cents, 50 cents. It adds up. It, it adds, adds up, up, man. I know. It's like, you know, I one of the things I did before I left Fiji as well is, you know, I just made some little envelopes up because the resort itself said, please don't cash tip. We like electronic tips. And I was like. Of course you do. Yeah, not going to do that. So I um, sat down and I wrote a few envelopes, but there was one gentleman in particular. He um, was had albinism and he was the gardener. So I didn't think that, you know, with that sort of condition they should be out in the sun, but nevertheless he was sort of walking around each day and I, you know, I noticed him, but I just thought, geez, he must never get tips, right? And so I wrote a little envelope and I put 20 bucks in it. You know, 20, 20 bucks Fijian. That's not much in Australian dollars yeah. when you do the exchange rate. But the impact it had was so profound. So I left it there and the next day we were leaving. 
but he was given that envelope overnight and I know he was because the next day I saw him, he was walking around like, Bulla, Bulla, <laughs> Bulla. And like, oh, fuck, it just, I, I want, ugh. it makes me emotional just talking about it because something so small made such a huge yeah. impact. And, you know, we need to, I think, again, coming back to the awareness piece, awareness, you know, small amounts from everyone makes a huge difference. Yeah. But also recognising our peers and when they're not, when they can't do things. Like, how many times in your life have somebody you've been in front of you and they can't pay for their petrol? Or, you know, they're trying to put a lay-by on for their kids and they can't afford much. You know, there are opportunities to listen out and recognise mm. and to take action and help. You don't have to do it and make a song and dance. You know, just discreetly. Mm. And I think that, that um, yeah, we really need to change as a culture because there is enough for all of us. It's I, just a matter of all of us doing something. Yeah, I agree. I think that we've gotten into a, a pattern of just yep. tunnel vision. Yep. And I don't think it's – look, and I came from Sydney where it was just – it was dog-eat-dog. Dog. It was every man for themselves. Yeah. And and I love – where I lived, it was it – was, you know, affluent you know, on the northern beaches of Sydney. It was affluent. I'd lived there my whole life. And it's not like I was able to move there. And there's no way I could have been able to, but I grew up there. So yeah. I was quite lucky. And, you know, my parents, my, my father used to walk around like he made some, you know, incredible decision to move here in 1978. And now we're paying the, you know, this is the, the fruits of my decision. <laughs> you know, the, the I knew the property market was going to explode. I, love I that. knew that I'd be independently wealthy. Oh. And I'm just like, Fuck off, Dad. I love uh, but, uh But so for me, it was I, I really, to have the lifestyle I wanted, I couldn't afford to stay there. So we made the decision to move to the Gold Coast yep. where I found it to be a lot more accommodating. Mm. Uh, people were had a lot more time. Yeah, They weren't as tunnel vision. But I'm starting to see, especially since COVID, I think there was a, there was a monument, there was a shift both positively and negatively. Mm. I think it, the, the people that, that were able to take advantage of what COVID offered after that in mm. regards to, uh, you know, being able to work uh, remotely and all this kind of stuff. And, and the that was great. But mm. there were also people that really struggled throughout that time and have really struggled since. Yeah. So there's – and I think now we're seeing it with interest rates and all this other stuff where people are – it's it's getting a little bit tough, right? And mm. you can tell that people aren't maybe as happy as what they were. Yeah, there's certainly some pressures that you can see um, on people. And it could be, you know, sort of a slight remark that, you know, indicates that they're feeling the pressure or, you know, it could be anything really. But you don't have to donate with money. If you reached out to your local charity and you were like, what what do you need? What can I do? There's a charity in Burley, I see driving around, books for PNG. How many of us have books? Yeah. Children's books. Yeah. You know, there's just... What about Christmas time when there's the elderly sitting in, in the homes and they don't have family? Your time can mean so much. There's always something that you can do. It doesn't have to be from a financial perspective or just raise awareness. Mm. Just talk about it. Start having the conversations. What can we do to show our children that it's important to care about one another? Yeah. And I'm still working on it with the teenager. No, he's pretty honestly... He's pretty good. He's a, have, both of my children have, have a lot of empathy, um, and I like that. That's good. Well, you've you've you're doing something right. 
Yeah, <laughs> I try, honestly. I'm not, like, you know, I care a lot and I love a lot. I'm a very passionate person. Um, but, you know, my sister always jokes, yeah, but you're not a nice person. <laughs> so I do my best. But, you know, sometimes, if you know, I don't know. You know, I just stand up for what's right and I don't like bullies oh, or I th- anything that's unjust. So, I think the independence and, and obviously because, you know, you said you left home at 13. Yeah. Right? So you, you, you are the, you're the poster girl for independence. Sometimes then you learn not to suffer fools because yeah. it's come back to you. It's always been – you've had to look after yourself. It's been on your back. I can give you an example. Right? Please. There's a couple, but – uh, generally, these days, my life's pretty pretty relaxed, which is good. But recently, I got home from work and my mum was over from New Zealand. It was, she's a character you'd love to talk to. Anyway, um, I noticed this car was trying to run down these boys on scooters. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So I looked down the street and this guy's going up on the footpaths and he comes with an this close of a kid's tyre, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill him. I ran down my street as fast as I could, get around the corner where the scooters were backed up against a garage. The neighbours had come out, and this guy's standing there with a machete. And I didn't obviously realise that's what I was going to run into. And I start telling him off with some very colourful language, and then I said, put put that thing away. And he he chucks the machete in the car, thankfully. And... um. And then I just told the boys, you need to go right now. And so they took off and I told them off a little bit more and then I went home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But whoa, like, you know, it's just not right. No, well, you've got to stand up for it when yeah. stuff isn't right. Yeah, I think there's exactly. not enough people that do that. Yeah. I think a lot of people would just stand and watch that though. No, you can't, but that's not right. No. That's, that, honestly, I thought that he was going to kill this kid. And I, you know, I got home and I called the police and... I also told the boys off because obviously they were doing something they shouldn't have. They done. were obviously dickheads. Yes, but you, it does. I th- personally, you could be, it, you'd have to be a really, really, really big dickhead to have a machete pulled out on you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Honestly, it was like, and I, <laughs> and I just was like, <laughs> and my you went son, mum. You went yeah, mum on I him. Actually, did yeah. my son was like, it's because you used your mum tactics. And yeah. I was like, well. Something had to be said, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, and whatever else happened after that. But, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's important. You, we all should be standing up for what's right. I think you need to st- – but I also think that sometimes that it can be – people find it rude when people stand up for themselves. Yeah, but that right? should, that's not right. And, that sh- and I agree. It's not right. So for your for – your, uh, was it your sister that said you're not a nice person? Yeah. yeah it's, she just – you just don't suffer fools and there's no bullshit. We love each other. Yeah. Well, she's, uh, she's my People would sister. say the same to me. Like people yeah. – like my wife says all the time, she says, you, you don't really like people but it's a juxtaposition because you're so good with them. Oh, right? that's interesting. And yeah. I'm like, well, and for me it's, it's not that I don't like people. Mm. I'm just – I'm very careful – Mm. With who I let in. Mm. Oh, trust me, right? I've let some bad things yeah. in in the past. I'm too. very careful, mm. and I've I've learnt the hard way. Yeah, and I've decided that I don't want to learn the hard way anymore. Yeah. So I I find that I I'm a bit you know I don't suffer fools, and I mm. and I and I look after. I think in every relationship you got to look after number one, right? I think that people might say that's selfish, but if you're not happy in a relationship, or if you're not happy with something, mm. you got to stick up for yourself, right? Honestly, happiness is really important, and that's something I've like. 
evolution. We're all trying to work on ourselves, hopefully, and, you know, refine the things that probably aren't so great. Um, and happiness is one thing I've really been focusing on the last few years. Like, I've treated it as a choice, not as a reaction or a response. Yeah. So having that's let me take control of my happiness a lot more, which is nice because I've been able to, you know, try and encourage that with the kids as well. But you have to – it's not something that comes easily. You have to work on it and For retrain sure. your mind yeah. to think the right way. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, we're, we're constantly learning. Yeah. So what's the big vision for, for Noki Liwa? I'll start in Fiji. They're lo- it's, you know, I don't – local is a term, but, you know, if I can start in Fiji and, you know, we can grow that to a sustainable um, – charity where we're turning over regularly and we can help you know majority of the remote population um that would be great but then i will expand probably to papua new guinea um, and then to other countries as other people approach me like i've had um, a young girl from our networking event she said that she knows people in the favelas in brazil who need help um, and i was like great you know let's let's utilize the structure Jesus, you want to be doing that? Structure. You want to be doing that from arm's length? Oh, well, that's she a, went that's there. That's freaking frightening. She went there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so, you know, I've got the structure that's a tax deductions. Yeah. So then, whatever donations come through for her charity, we can put that straight back. Yeah. You know, it's it really is about Nokulewa. Is yes, we are. We will help people in Fiji, but honestly, it's just a start. Yeah. Like, and I think. How often do you think about your core morals or your your core pillars and what you believe in and what you know is right and what's wrong? Like I'm I'm I've, I've, I'm very clear with that now, and so I'm like, no, this is what our future holds. And I am building, you know, I don't like the word success necessarily, but I am trying to build um, a, a successful future for myself and my children, so I can spend more time dedicating to help other people. And hopefully my children will do the same. So yeah, that's a good vision. Yeah, it's just it's just important, right? Yeah, I think it's imp- what what I think is important is that it is obvious that you are passionate about it and that you care about it. And this isn't just a run of the mill thing. There are some people that support causes or because they think that's what people want them to do. But I can actually, in the time that we spent together, you know, you you're getting emotional now. And I just think oh. that you are passionate and I think that that's the key, right? I think that you you want to help, it's legitimate and I think that that's, that's something that I can get behind. I just I just want people to open their eyes, you know? Yeah. Just open your eyes. Like, it's easy to turn away but it's not right. No. It's not right. And we go over there and we sip cocktails and we get waited on. I did too. Of course. But... You know, when you peel back the layers, there's genuinely people who need help there. And I've, I think maybe because of my upbringing, you know, I do really, I, I really feel for children. And the least they should have is food in their bellies, clean water, and, an, and ed, access to some sort of education. Yep. And, you know, people have said to me, well, you can't help everyone. And my response was, well, I'm going to give it a good fucking try. <laughs> <laughs> so. There we go. Yeah. And look, if you want to help, I think you've got a website. We'll leave all the details of the website in the show notes. Thank you. And we're gonna we'll be posting stuff on our our socials about this and supporting you. Thank so you. So we're here to help you. 
as well, and uh, we'd be keen to be involved in some way. But people, please get on board. Uh, spending, look, it's been I've spent an hour with you. Oh, thanks. And and already it's I'm in. Even like it doesn't even have to be money. Like if you've got some spare stationery from the kids in January, like that's a huge help. Mm. You know, if you're going over there and you've got some spare luggage space, it helps. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, just awareness. Yeah, but absolutely. yes, if you could help the charity, that would be even more amazing because. It will help more people over there. For sure. Um, and our financials will be on the ACNC website too. And I highly encourage people when they see a charity to research it. Like, yeah. have a look into it. We'll put we'll put links to that in the show notes as yeah, well. Cool. So if anyone wants to have a look at the ACNC website, yep. uh, you'll be able to check out any charities that you are thinking about helping yeah. and seeing just where that money goes. Yep. And and you know what? Just pick one and donate a dollar a week. Yeah. Yep. At so least anyway. start. Yeah, just start, yeah. please. Yeah. That's one message I could get across is everybody, please just help a, a charity that you feel safe with and comfortable with, please. Yeah, like. Absolutely. Beck, anyway. it's been amazing. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I would love to get you back in. Okay. Yeah, and we can see how things are progressing. Yeah, I'd love that too. Yeah, and we can keep the awareness happening. Because I, I would love to show people, you know, if they do help, what we've been able to do. For sure. Um, yeah, that would be really great. It would be amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, people. Check the show notes for all the information on uh, Noku Liwa charity and please support where you can. Yeah. And until next time, we'll see you on the line. Bye for now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Peek Inside the Panic Room. If you want to hear more of the chaos, make sure you follow us to stay up to date. Don't forget to give us a five-star review and check out our socials at Straight Up Digital.